And I'm Gabe. And we're the, the ghouls, ghouls Next Door. Oh, that was, that was good. Yeah, that we're was beautiful. Good one. Was the on singing. point. Yeah. Yeah, welcome. We've done this before. It's to crazy. our podcast lair. Yeah. Yeah. So this is our representation series. <laughs> I like how you say, you just say like you're like really like authoritatively telling people. You're just like, this is. Yeah. Our representation. You signed series. up for this, listener. Yeah. And today we are talking about Latinx representation in horror. And I, honestly, I could talk about that for several hours all by myself. But I feel like you guys get that enough. <laughs> Anytime <laughs> so, there's a, a woman, <laughs> like the, a woman themed uh, conversation. So. Yeah. Gave us lots of words. Yeah. And then, but to help with that, we brought a guest. We brought other words. So welcome our first ever return guest. I know. You Am are I the really? only yeah. return guest that has ever been. Yeah. Mm, cool. Sergio Galliano. Welcome. Hi. Welcome back to the lair. I, I feel it. Well, I mean, this is the new lair. I I wasn't here last time we yeah. recorded. I, I love I love the space. So what you guys Sergio, you've never left. Yeah, you've always been here. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to leave. So we're talking about uh, Latinx uh, representation. So why don't you tell our listeners why it's cool that we invited you? I'm Latinx. I also, I also, um, yeah, I, I, I feel a personal attachment to the material we're going to discuss tonight. And yeah, I mean, you know, I just, I like hearing my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, because you also have a radio show. You That's can right. plug it. I'll allow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a live update. Uh, it comes out on WPPM 106.5 FM. Uh, it's going to be kind of a monthly show about music news. So if you're interested in that, you can listen to me there. Yeah, and uh, that's important because the first episode that we have Sergio on is our horror music scores. So it was about films and what their scores do for them. And we talked Suspiria, which is fun. Yeah, fun. real fun, actually. Uh, crazy score. You go back and listen to that episode. That was, that was a keeper. Yeah. For context, I'm making this face because it's like the first time I've ever heard your like radio, radio voice. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's <laughs> different than his regular voice. And it really just was like, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I like, I'm next persona. to a radio person. Well, thank I am. you. Thank you. But it was very, yeah. Oh, my God. It's weird. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. I'm normal and calm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. So, um, well, so. One thing I wanted to point out to start before we even jump in, because we're going to do our facts section, is that when we use the term Latinx, um, I'm sure people are like, what is that? What do you mean? Um, so specifically, um, it refers to people whose origin or ancestry is in Latin America and excludes Spain specifically, right? Because most people are like, you're Spanish. And it's like, no, that's a language or where a person is from if they're from Spain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people from Latino America, you could say. Yeah, and it's essentially like, it, it. this is what separates Hispanic or Spanish people, because the word Hispanic refers to people of Spanish-speaking descent, but that doesn't count for things like Brazil, who don't. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's just like, that doesn't count. Um, but uh, essentially, Latinx will cover anyone from Latin backgrounds, so that's Puerto Ricans, like myself, Colombians, like Sergio, Dominicans, Mexicans, and a whole lot of others who are not Spanish. <laughs> So I just want to start with that. Like, we're not going to be talking about Spanish people because that's different. We're covering us like Caribbean type people. Yeah. South of the border. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so if that's news to you now, you know. Yes. Yeah. And it's in, in Latinx is so that it can be gender neutral because um, the Spanish language does tend to be um, gendered a lot of the times. So this is a good way to, to include everyone, not yeah. just like we're not Latino or Latina. Or that next. So, yeah. yeah. So stay tuned. We're going to talk about more on that and why it's important that we are on screen. Dope. talking uh latinx representation um yeah i think what is it really interesting about the fact that there is a lack of latinx representation specifically in american horror mm -hmm. is that a lot of the the audience is latinx because we have like 
an interest in the supernatural and like the spooky because it's just like ingrained into society with like stories and folklore that you grow up with so like we're obviously interested in that stuff so it's really weird that like why wouldn't you feature more of us doing stuff like we're also a good part of this <laughs> population as well we're here we out here we out you mm-hmm. no, no, no i agree with you on that i mean i i it's it's funny like as latin x person and, and when i see uh, especially even just like in mainstream, uh, movies, not just horror, right? Like it's always very pigeonholed and we're not the only minority to fall uh, yeah, into pretty this. pretty much anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Pretty much anyone that isn't white, right? Um, yeah. and so, yeah, it's, it's, and it's really sad to not see it at all in horror. Like I, I almost don't see anyone like me at all in horror ever yeah. <laughs> unless it's Guillermo del Toro and then it's like obviously but in, yeah. unless it like like unless it's explicitly like a, a Latinx person behind the camera you're not getting that in front and that's like and that's just like so growing up as specifically being um Latin American right like you're you're an American person and you're growing up in this very white culture Mm -hmm. that you don't really get to experience a lot of that. And it's almost like, you know, you hear like the immigrant stories and like the, the first generation, second generation, um, being afraid to speak Spanish. Like we have even just like Julian Castro who doesn't speak Spanish very well because he grew up and was like, you know, seen as kind of like wrong. Like you don't want to, like, they don't want you to speak Spanish because they want you to fit in. And like a lot of those like cultures and things. So it's really interesting growing up in a country where you are and you do see people who look like you, but not on screen. Right. Like I always had that problem of there's no Hispanic Disney princess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we have plenty of Latin countries, but not a single princess who is of Latin descent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, growing up for me anyway, I, I, I unfortunately wasn't even around many people like me, you know, so not only was in the mainstream, but also in class, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I went to private schools and, you know, there weren't that many Latinx people in those schools. And so, you know, it, it, it was interesting. And I didn't even realize it until later on. You just you end up being whitewashed just mm-hmm. just by existing. Yeah, so. just to fit in. Mm-hmm. And then it's so there's this really amazing quote that really like fuels a lot of the work that I do when I create media. Um, And it's by uh, Juno Diaz, uh, where essentially it's, he says like, I'm going to like butcher this because I don't have the exact quote, but it's essentially like, he says, you know, vampires, there's that whole thing where they can't see their reflection. Mm -hmm. And it's essentially like, if you can't see yourself, like that's what defined that monster. So if we're not seeing ourselves on screen, are we also monsters? Like, is something wrong with us that we aren't being seen on screen? Yeah, Yeah. it's heavy. And it was, yeah, and it's it's something that I saw somewhere just offhandedly and was like, wow, no, (laughs) you're totally right. Like, that we do got to see ourselves. Like, if we're not seeing ourselves, like, where are we? Who are we? And, like, we've touched on this when we talked about, like, you know, um, black women or sex workers is this idea of like, if you're being represented a certain way as well, that's also harmful because if that's the only like understanding of your culture that someone else is getting, cause they don't encounter right, right, yeah. like Latin American people, then like you're, everyone's going to think that that's what you are. Like we yeah. are just the cholos, right? We're just like the sassy Latina friends. Right. We, we speak a certain way. We, we act a certain way. We mm-hmm. like specific things. I mean, a lot of stereotypes probably just come directly from uh, these specific kinds of representation that show up in the media. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's just, kind of not fair, right? Because you, you end up meeting people later on in life. Like when I moved away from Florida where I grew up and I came and I came up north, uh, everybody just thought I was a certain way and, yeah. and I was not that way at all, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so It's like, oh, sorry to disappoint, but <laughs> I, I am, yeah. no, I'm just me. <laughs> yeah. And you don't fit that like stereotype of a culture. And it kind of, it's kind of sad because it's like, why do these exist? Or even like the fact that we have, like Latinx covers a lot of different like areas right so Mm -hmm. i'm puerto ricans are very different from dominicans and from colombians and like venezuelan like they're all different Mm -hmm. right but like if someone sees the one i I can't tell you how many times people have been like are you mexican like i'm one i don't think i look mexican but of course you wouldn't know that if you've only seen like one hispanic person like and you were just like oh (laughs) then they all are from mexico i guess um but what i 
Yeah, so that's why it's super important to have um, Latinx stories and in, in telling them on screen. But there's also, like I was saying, this very rich um, history of folklore, right? So like, um, so Edward Pagan, who runs LatinHorror.com, which is a website for Latinx uh, horror files, has said um, essentially why... Latinx people are interested in the genre is that traditionally we have always loved ghost stories in the macabre and gothic tales. They're just sewn into the fabric of who we are as a people. So essentially Latinx people grow up hearing scary stories featuring um, like the El Cucuy, um, the El Chupacabra, which we talked about, and um, who we're going to talk about more in depth today is La Llorona. El Cucuy. I haven't heard that name since I was a child. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, as for anyone who's unfamiliar it's essentially like the boogeyman right it's like this is what's gonna get you if you're bad yeah 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 it's it's not yeah and and things like that they're pervasive right they don't just exist in mexico dominican republic uh all all around middle america uh kukui was something that my uncles on my on my father's side from the dr like they they would say you know you know if if you don't if you don't behave yourself you know they're gonna, they're gonna get you gonna get you mm-hmm. so um yeah it's, it's just a funny thing yeah 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 there's and that and that's everywhere everyone has a boogeyman right? right and we have and it's like these are really interesting stories where are they and then when we see them they are only ever told from the white protagonist point of view because that's mm-hmm. what sells or that's what they believe sells but we've seen like with the you know uh success of jordan peele and even just like some like there's clearly a demand for more people of color in a diverse yeah. like story that we're looking for. So where are they? Why? And why do we get a half of it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why do we get like an inch? I want the mile. I want a, I want a mountain. I want a Latinx superhero. Yes. I want a Latinx princess. I want it. You know, I, I want it too. And it's interesting because it's like, I always feel as though somehow for some reason, Hollywood just doesn't know how to sell it, you know, and they don't mm-hmm. know how to, Especially, and it's even harder in a horror context, you know, when you get into specific genres about it, because then all every third line, every other character makes some sort of reference to the stereotype, even Mm -hmm. if it's like to hang a lantern on it, you know what I mean? As opposed to like actually, you know, play into the stereotype, but more Mm -hmm. so like say, oh, I bet everybody says this or whatever, you know, and it just seems as though it's like. Even when they try, they never quite get there. And I almost, part of me says, like, I don't even want the full on ensemble cast of Latino American people. Sometimes I kind of just want the main character to have his Asian friend go out, you know, or his black girlfriend just go to the movies and, you know, a a murderer shows up in a horror movie. You know what I mean? Like something interesting, something, you know, and I feel like television does a better job than Mm -hmm. films do, but that's just, yeah. Yeah, well, even like something like Us, right, where it features a black family, but that's not like what it's about, right? It's about classism and other things. And it just happens to feature a black family, which seems crazy because that's not what we're used to. But it's like, why can't we have that? Will we just have protagonists that are, you know, Latinx, but they're not... It's not about that. It's not about, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just also exist. We also just have lives and they're not always like caught up in gangs and it's not always like we're clutching our rosary beads and <laughs> have like a million crosses on the wall. Although Catholicism is a big yeah. part right. of the Latinx community, which is why things like, you know, exorcism movies or movies that feature any type of like, um, like brujas like right like witchcraft Mm -hmm. and all kinds of that like if that's there they're in it they're in the audience (laughs) because they believe that like there's a a very full (laughs) and complete understanding and belief in this battle between good and evil so we can watch it on screen because we're like yeah of course (laughs) yeah the the one i guess the one thing i would forgive is every latino american person has a has an abuela you know what i mean so i'd be be okay with an abuela showing up but after that it's like come on (laughs) (laughs) she always knows what's going on apparently i found um According to this blog on the LA Times, that 54% of the attendees to The Last Exorcism were Latinx. Because it's just like 50, that's crazy. That's half of who watched that were Latinx. And it wasn't Verus. It just happened to be, you know, uh, featuring um, exorcisms, which is like also The Last Exorcism is a really great film. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that was crazy. Um, Yeah, I would. 
yeah, there's some some tropes and things that we see on screen. What, uh, Sergio, do you think are some of the the tropes that you're familiar with with seeing um, Latinx people play? Oh, I mean, I mean, take a page from Marvel, right? You got the guy who who speaks really fast, doesn't really know what's going on, kind of confused about everything, obsessed with, you know, whatever his whatever his wife is telling him, you know, mm -hmm. obsessed with, you know, constantly repeating things about, you know, what his mom tells him about, which honestly, you know, the relate most uh, Latinx men have, have interesting relationships with mothers anyway, but yeah, you know, sure. it, it's, it's just, it's, yeah, it's very much a stereo, you know, yeah, you'll, you'll end up finding the person dressing a specific way as well, uh, with a specific kind of accent and a specific jargon that is normally just associated with Mexicans as opposed to, you know, mm -hmm. Latinx people overall. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, maybe that person could be Mexican, but it's never really overtly, you know, explicitly said so yeah. people are just assuming that person's mexican which is kind of worse yeah <laughs> added significantly to yeah yeah problem. yeah well it's kind of like when you have like if you have a film and you're like oh finally like it's a if it's a japanese lead right but it's like oh finally there's representation but then the character is supposed to be like chinese or korean and you're like not all of them are the same what are you doing yeah. like that happens a lot with like even just thinking like selena right with jennifer lopez she is not mexican <laughs> she's puerto mm -hmm. rican and she played Selena. So it's like, we also don't get cast properly as right. well. Um, so there's like a lack of representation or misrepresentation there. And there's also, I would say because of, um, it like some oftentimes having like a character where English is their second lang second language, that there's also this interpretation that they're not smart right. because they are like delayed in their unable to communicate. But it's mm -hmm. like, these people could be doctors. What are you talking? Like, why is everyone slow? Like, we're not all slow. <laughs> what do you mean? And it's always like the goof, the one who's like aloof, the right, one who's the like the, the fun, like snarky guy who's like, ah, I'm just razzing you. Like that kind of character. Or, or they even have a short temper. I see that mm -hmm. a lot. Like, yeah, like yes. they're spicy, you know. Yeah. If you get any um, Latinx woman on screen, she's definitely spicy. She's definitely got an attitude. Um, she's usually promiscuous, right? Mm -hmm. We also have the problem with exhaustion. <laughs> Um, and being like a commodity of like, oh, that's a hot Latin woman, right? right and it's yeah. like, we have women who are asexual. Like, we have women who aren't like that. Like, what are you talking about? But it's always like, like she'll corrupt you in some way. She's also stemmed to that. And I think if it goes back to like, who's writing the scripts, who's directing it, mm -hmm. is it a white person? Then that kind of leads it in the misrepresentation direction. And yeah, as you were saying, it's, you see that a lot in like Asian films too, because yeah. or not Asian films, but films about Asian things written by people who aren't Asian, mm -hmm. just being like, "Oh yeah, you're Chinese. That's that's what that's what that is." And it's like, "No, no, no. we did good." No, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, not recognizing that there's different varieties of a culture. Because if you have Asian people, you have East Asian, South Asian. Yeah. All of them. Like same thing with Latinx. You have different countries within there that fill yeah. different realms, and then. A white person goes to the movies and is like, ah, oh, Mexican. Yeah. And it's not. It doesn't. <laughs> it's, no. It's not. <laughs> yeah. I would even say, so I think one of the, the glaring reasons, in my opinion, that we don't see a lot of Latinx representation is that we would fill a lot of the same roles that the black character would play. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we're the friends who ask if you're OK, mm -hmm. we're the big bad guy who gets killed by the bigger bad guy. Right. Like so if if there's already a black person written into that script, we don't serve a purpose and we don't need to be there. They can't have two. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. It's one or the other or like the second choice even. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're just kind of like. Yeah, added in as background. And then as soon as you're cast, now it becomes like, now we got to make this about com commentary about being Latinx. Like, now we got to throw it in there. It's like, you could have just wrote me in as a character. And like you were saying, Kat, kind of on that idea of like, it's not only our representation on screen, but also behind the camera, right? Because that greatly like impacts. And I would say we have a stronger presence behind the camera than in front of it. Like, I can't really think of any actors that are Latinx in horror films. I Googled it, so. And what is it say? It's wait, I'm waiting. <laughs> oh, they're waiting. <laughs> so I'm going to go off a little list here. Sure, let's see. Let's hear it. So we have 
No Country for Old Men, which I don't know if that's a horror movie. Is that yeah, a horror movie? Uh, yeah. It's like yeah. suspense, I yeah. would say. I don't know if I would say horror movie. People get killed. So People Javier Bardem. People oh, Javier. Yeah, that makes sense. I was going to say Penelope uh, Cruz. I was going to say Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz has been in stuff. Eva Mendes and Children of the Corn 5, Fields of Terror. That doesn't I did not count. know there was a 5. I didn't know that existed. It doesn't um, count. <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning, Jordana Bruce. Jordana Bruce. 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 I'm sorry. Is she Latina? No, that's good. Uh, yeah. She's really? from uh, Fast and Furious. Uh, Camila Bell, When a Stranger Calls. Ah, Benicio Del Toro. Ah, yes. Ah, duh. Duh. Well, that's on yeah, me. Yeah, so, you know, occasionally, <laughs> but not, like, it's heavily prevalent. represented. Yeah. And Penelope's been in a few things, because she's in that one I was just talking about. But even, like, yeah. behind the behind the camera, right, we have, uh, we oh, have Guillermo. Javier Bardem was in Mother oh. as well. Oh, right, yes. Javier Bardem is great. Yeah, he he's is great. He's phenomenal. So he's representing us out there. Dusk Until Dawn. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So with, we have George A. Romero, right? He's he he's one of the fathers of horror, really, um, specifically with um, all the zombie movies. He did yeah. it. Uh, he doesn't cast us as much, but he's out there. He's doing it, right? Or he was doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and we have Robert Rodriguez with his that campy gore kind of fun films, um, mm-hmm. which also features like like people of color um, who are in starring roles, and it's fun. Yeah. Like their protagonist. He just has a good time. And then Guillermo, which we will, he is definitely owed like his own episode. There's no way. I will say this about Guillermo though, um, is that he's Mexican. It's great. He's getting uh, a star in Hollywood, but he does tend to do a lot of his films about Spain or featuring like Spanish wars Mm -hmm. or Spanish situations. So it's like, what are we doing? Although his newest movie, which we will talk about a little bit in the, the, Section. I think to speak on that, I think that uh, he he has a, a big interest in in colonialism and mm-hmm. conquistadors. Yeah. Um. Which which does translate into you know Latin American culture, especially Mexican culture. I think. Um. So, I mean, I, I think that it, it stems from sort of just this traditional idea of you know what Spanish culture can be and how it influenced yeah Latino America. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he is also could just be marking it to a European audience and hoping yeah. he goes overseas and stuff. And I think it's also like he lo- likes history and mm-hmm. he likes to make commentary on like what was happening socially. Yeah. Like, so um, I do want to talk at some point about scary stories to tell in the dark mm-hmm. just because he was a part of it, right? He's producing it. And he, because of that, there's a protagonist who was a Mexican boy and he's like, well, he's there and he's yeah. not dying. He's oh, like, yeah, he's, he's holding out, right? Like, he's one of the, the main kids. Um, and it's really only because he's in it that, like, Guillermo's there, that he, that boy is there, really. Like, yeah. I think if anyone else took on... One, if anyone else took on that film, it would be bad. <laughs> but um, it wouldn't have that character, I don't think. Um, what does it feel like to watch films and not see th- people who look like you? Well, you know, it's 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 interesting because, um, like I said, I, I grew up around mostly white friends, um, just people who didn't exactly look like me, didn't speak Spanish, were amazed at this magic that I could do with my mouth mm-hmm. by speaking another language. Uh, I thought that was I always thought that was interesting. Um, and then, you know, just years and years of conditioning and whitewashing that way. I honestly just imagined the white kids as me yeah you know and Mm -hmm. you had and and it wasn't until much later you know because you know i grew up in the in the late 90s early 2000s and you know it wasn't until like high school like late 2000s when the world started getting a little more progressive in hollywood and Mm -hmm. you know people started saying hey wait a minute where am i who is this and yeah that's when i noticed that i haven't seen someone like me except for like fast and furious like yeah. i can't even imagine like i really oh, don't yeah. remember any any movies growing up anyway um aside from like any robert rodriguez movies like spy kids you know what i mean yeah like, remember oh, spy kids uh, was, yeah. spy kids is a big thing for me also pretty scary messed up stuff but it was so like that's the like thing 27 times just for <laughs> random fun facts yes. about me it's like as a thing right it's like it's like you know movies like that were always way more interesting to me but i couldn't quite put my finger on it until much later and i think that that's just 
part of the problem is mm-hmm. that, um, you know, you, you end up being, uh, completely blind and nebulous to the, to this, I don't, I don't know if I want to call it injustice, but definitely a misrepresentation of like who I am. And I ended up, I think in my formative years, really influencing the kind of person I am too, which mm-hmm. for better, or for worse, I don't know, but I mean, it definitely isn't, uh, what, what many Latino Americans might consider me because I have had the conversation, right. Yeah. With other Latinx folks. It's like, uh, you know, you, you, you act white, you talk white. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of, uh, minorities have also had this conversation with their peers, um, of this, of their same background. And so it's like, it, it's a hard conversation to have because, you know, it, it's, it's not fair that you, that a person would grow up in, in an environment that just wasn't the same as, you know, just wasn't homogene, homogeneous as, as everyone else had the same traditions and stuff like that. And so, yeah. I don't know, it was, yeah, it, it, it definitely created a sort of split mindset for me, uh, never seeing myself out there and, and kind of whitewashed my identity, I would yeah. say. Would you, um, I feel like... Um people of color and always get this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway, was there ever like, do you possibly remember like one of the first times where you were like, wait a second, am I different from what everyone else is? Like, was there ever a time where maybe someone said something and you were like, Oh, that's not, (laughs) I am different. Well, it's interesting. I remember I guess that's the thing, right? Is like, there was always that like, Oh, say something in Spanish. Mm. You know what I mean? It was always that. And so I always knew I was different. Um, and I'm not sure that it was uh, necessarily a desire for me to want to be like them, but, or like my, my white friends. Um, but I don't know. It was, it, it wasn't even really a moment as it more of it was like, uh, I would, I would, I want to take more pride in it. You know what yeah. I mean? And I, 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 over time, I just kept saying that to myself and, um, it, it's still a struggle for me, I'd say. Yeah, I would, I would say I didn't, there was not like a single time, but I did always know that I was different, um, because I'm, I'm mixed. Right. So, and I grew up with my mother who is the white side of my family. And so I grew up always being surrounded by like my white family, like my mom's mm-hmm. blonde with blue eyes <laughs> and like my like cousins or that. Um, and I always grew up being a little different. And so uh, even when my mother tried very, very hard because she can speak Spanish fluently. She lived in Puerto Rico for many years, um, tried to teach me Spanish. It, I just wouldn't learn because I knew that that just made me more different. Like that solidified that I am a different than everyone else. And so there was just no way I was going to do that. And I regret that a lot now. Like, and I Mm -hmm. wish like, you know, someone had taken me to the side and been like, it's okay that you're different, but I didn't have one of those people. Um, because it was still different people telling me that I was different kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so now in like, you know, my modern life, you know, looking at those things and just being like, how can I (laughs) like essentially, you know, um, like take, back my heritage and then like, you know, own it. Um, and, and kind of coming to that thing of like battling what I call like the imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. where I feel like I don't even always like deserve to be angry (laughs) about Latinx representation sometimes. Cause I'm like, who am I to say I haven't been doing this my whole life. But, um, but a part of that is because I wasn't seeing it. Right. So it wasn't seen as a positive thing. It was in, because it wasn't there, it was negative. It wasn't other, it was like, I was the monster and I'm the vampire. I do not see a reflection. So therefore I want to just mock and be everyone else. So they don't notice that I'm different. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely see that and empathize with that. And it was, it's also, just, it was also just a thing about, you know, it, it you know, I, I'm sure every other minority has this exact experience, but it's like, it, you almost, you almost cringe when you see someone like you come up, uh, especially if they're not the main character. Cause it's like, Oh God, what are they, they going to say? What yeah. are they going to make them do? Like, yeah. you know, what, what is it going to be now? How soon are they going to get killed off? You know what I mean? It's like, and then on top of that, you know, you get this sense of like, you know, it kind of, it kind of, a, that you yourself become like a background character in your own life. Right. Yeah. Cause like if you're a background character in all of these stories, like how can you ever be the protagonist in your own life? And you start thinking to yourself like, yeah, it's just a toxic way to 
view yeah. your identity, honestly. Yeah. yeah, it's just the sidekick. Like I always, I always saw myself as the sassy sidekick in, right. in my own life. Like I was like, oh, clearly like my white best friend is the, the protagonist of the story. And I'm the one who says the snarky things and I'm the one who gets us in trouble. And that's still kind of how things end up being. Cat, you are right? the protagonist of this podcast. <laughs> there is no world where I am the lead. I have been silent for 10 whole minutes. You are the protagonist of this and podcast. This episode game. is mine. Yeah. No, like, oh, no, like you are the protagonist. Don't no, struggle with that within the podcast. No. Yeah. Well, I just like there's always like this this yeah. this I this identity that you feel where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just like, I'm here for comedic relief. I'm here to just do that, right? Um, and it takes a lot of like unlearning and like mm-hmm. taking back your identity. And if we had things on screen, which I think um when we talk about scary stories to tell in the dark, seeing that boy yeah. was really awesome. I loved it. Thank you, Guillermo. some films as we do uh specifically watch the curse of la llorona 2019 it's still in theaters no yes maybe? no i think it's out okay, no it's kidding. like you can get it on like amazon or something okay cool um so ignoring the eerie warning of a troubled mother expect suspected of child endangerment a social worker and her own small kids are soon drawn into a frightening supernatural realm directed by Michael Chavez, and the director is a Portuguese-American. Yeah, which is, I think is important to yes. mention here. Um, which, I mean, it's cool, but yeah, it's important to know that he did, I mean, he did direct it, right? Portuguese-American, he's in there. So essentially, it's the story of La Llorona, um, which is about a woman who is spurned by her lover um either because they've cheated on her they've left her um they hurt her in some way which is a general story we get like we talked about even in our japanese episode right um and then out of her angst and their anguish she drowns her children and then dies essentially from the guilt of doing that and then is cursed to roam forever finding other kids to drown because of, like, because she's just stuck on that loop. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it, as you do, you drown one kid, you just gotta keep going. No, don't do that. No one drowns any babies. Um, Please. So, what is interesting is that we it starts out where La Llorona traditionally is um, uh, going after a Latinx family, a single mom who with two um, little Latinx boys, right? Yeah, and then. This um, white woman, who is the social worker, takes her kids away. Classic, classic story. And then they end up dying because of La Llorona. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, and then the story is about this white family. <laughs> so, yeah. The kids are, are half Hispanic, but they literally killed off, off screen, before the movie started, the Hispanic side of the family. The yep. father was Latinx. Weird choice. Yeah, why not? Why couldn't he be white and she was... Latinx, and then we just watched that family. Why did she have to be white? I mean, like, I get, I mean, she didn't have to well, be white. Because they at cast all. that actress, I think. Isn't that what it was ultimately? <sighs> they wanted it's, a name. They No, they probably did it because it's safer. Because you can ensure that audiences are going to go watch this white oh, woman. Yeah. They can relate to this white woman. Quote. I have a real good quote. Oh, good. Are you ready for the quote? Yes. It's from dreadcentral.com, and I was just like, wow. So the movie tries so much to appeal to the non-Latino audience who isn't familiar with the legend that they took away everything that grounded the story of Mexican culture. Mm-hmm. So they were just like, all right, white people are going to come see this. We got to make it relevant for them. Exactly. And then ruined it. I mean, I can, I can understand how like the, there's this title, the movie with the title La Llorona, it's literally in Spanish, right? It's a folktale that isn't yeah. well known in this country. How are we going to get people who don't know anything about La Girona to come out to this. How are we going to get them to even relate to the characters and, and relate to the story that's happening? Got to cast a white person. So I can see why they would have chosen to make her white. That's fine. And I don't think that's 
And I don't think it's actually a problem that the main character is white. I, you know, to be very clear, as Latinx person, I don't really mind the fact that there's a lot of white people. What I would like is there to also be more brown people, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, I just thought it was weird that the husband wasn't there. Like, it's fine that yeah. the, the that the mom is the main character and it makes sense because it kind of creates this dynamic between Lejerona and her, right? This, like, good mom versus bad mom, right? I guess you can see it that way. Mm-hmm. But... Like their dad could have been there. Yeah, he didn't have to be Or dead. could have died in the movie <laughs> instead of just like never even been in the movie. Like, I don't know. Like yeah. it's yeah. it's just weird that like he was even a character at all. Like yeah, he could also just added, not been a character. It, it didn't, didn't add, add to the plot that he was dead. You know what it so added? It added that it added that they were Latino. Right, the kids. Yeah. The kids were actually Hispanic, and so they could be Latino with him alive. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's the crazy like, part. That's the crazy thing. That's the only plot device he served. Yeah, there's um. Yeah, I think uh, one of the the glaring issues isn't just that we have this protagonist who's white. Again, like you said, that's fine, right? But it's that all the supporting casts are Latinx and that they are viewed in a a terrible light. No one is just just, like, right? Like, why couldn't we have a Latinx as the police officer, right? Like, we had to cast this black man to be the police officer, which is fine, but it's like, why couldn't we, right? Or why does the the villain essentially have to be both La Llorona and this mother who lost her kids? So now, not only do we have the spooky Hispanic woman, but we also have one who's real, who's also evil, and she's, like, treated as being insane. And then off of, off of that, the next other, like, Latinx person is essentially, like, a brujo. Like, he's just out there doing spells, there's also the priest. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like you From just, Annabelle. <laughs> yes, the priest, because this is a part of the Annabelle, like the Conjuring and all of them and in Lorraine series. Yeah. Well, one thing it says also in this article is that it wasn't so much that, you know, it was a white actress, is that they just made the story very vanilla, that like the no story of intended. La Llorona, you yeah, know, pun intended, uh, the, the story of La Llorona was like more meaningful and they just very much made it like a blanket ghost story to take away some of the actual like meaning and scariness of it. Like they didn't actually make the first scene have any indication that they were in Mexico and like all the other stuff is what it goes on to say. But yeah, Yeah. that they just made it more vanilla just to like appeal to a mainstream audience instead of like being respectful of the story. Yeah. The same article goes on to state, um, the mo- that the movie had so much potential that it could have brought all that the Latinx audience that loves horror films um, it, if we were front and center, because then it would be our story um, in that. But essentially a desire to appeal to those not aware of the folktale above all else ends up taking all Latino flavor out of the film. So yeah. it's just like because because they had to water it down because they had to start from zero and just be like, hey, people who don't know what La Llorona is, we have to tell you about it. And so we are wasting time doing that without actually having like the fear of existing. Like so kind of like when we talked about in foreign horror, when you tell the story of the ring in Japan, then it's a different story. Right. Like they are they already know that story. So they believe it. We don't have to have all of that backlog. We can just believe, we can just be suspended into the disbelief. Whereas here in America, when it was brought over, there's so much explanation. There's a whole backstory that did not exist in the original, like to the, like to the degree that it did, because it had to fill in the gaps for an American audience who is like, who they expect would be primarily white to believe and understand and not feel left out. Yeah. And they didn't really do a good job telling the story though either mm-hmm. like it was just very generic and like they said la Llorona, there you go you know it now <laughs> there's a necklace the child's being drowned like but that was it they didn't really go into further detail well you know it. what i i kinda, i actually kind of like that because yeah? here's the thing right is like for growing up la Llorona was a very very basic story uh my mom would all my mom wouldn't always tell me but when i was very very young my mother and you know my other aunts and uncles would say you know if you don't if you don't behave just like a kui if you don't behave you know like you don't have to buy she's gonna she's gonna come get you she wouldn't say she would drown me i later learned that she drowns her victims which is <laughs> <Yeah>. horrifying and <laughs> horrifying for my mother to, 
to imply. It's come around, yeah. I'm like, whoa. You're gonna get that's a lot. Your teeth, <laughs> but uh, but like you know, back then it was like she like Leona was was my boogie band boogeyman more so than the Kukui. Yeah. Um, and so you know, I I, I kind of liked that there wasn't much exposition. That 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 first scene. Mm-hmm. I wish honestly, I wish yeah. I mean, it would have been cool to see more definitely because I would have loved to have seen the the the. Because the the story goes that her husband cheated on her, right? So mm-hmm. I, I would love to see like her relationship with her husband. I would love to see like how why she's just a little off and like why she would drown yeah, her children, why she was crying, why is she la Jodona? Why is she crying so much? I yeah. wanted to see those tears. You know, I, I, don't, I didn't even believe a lot of the 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 uh, sound effects of the crying either. Kind of felt like off. It didn't really match. Uh, the action of the person playing La Yorona, the way she was crying. And I thought mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. weird and off-putting. And it felt, you know, like it was a weird juxtaposition. So Yeah, it kind of, the crying in her being in like the corner reminded me of Left for Dead. Mm-hmm. And they okay. had like the crying. And so it was like, Woo! Yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> and then she yes. like comes in and attacks you. Yeah, every single time I was like, oh, here we go. It just felt like this, <laughs> it just felt like a dubbed sound. Yeah. Like it wasn't like she was crying. And I, and, you know, I, I it would have been way cooler to like, actually cast somebody and see her drown her kids and just like devastated crying and i think that yeah if the if the she just seemed kind of like a little upset like she like yeah, broke something yeah if the direction was like it just gave us some more emphasis as to like how twisted this person is i probably would have cared more about the monster not mm-hmm. you you know yeah i will say i enjoyed that we didn't have that cliche scene where they run to the library to look oh, up yeah. what the story what is, is and we or were, that they made La Yorona like I'm modern. Really, yeah. <laughs> really and there was like a modern the woman. Yeah, newspaper was... articles from sixty years prior. <laughs> yeah. La Yorona was... question mark, but with the question mark upside down and then upside yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but I imagine it being like one of those modern, like it was just like a Victorian Latin housewife <laughs> drowned her kids somehow, and then they're like, oh, was this the Alamo? This this was it. Yeah. <laughs> this was the hell. I'm okay. <laughs> like, where even were we? Like, it's good that that didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm real happy. Yeah. I was very But I, I get what you're saying. It sort of like humanizes the villain of the story that would have been cool. Because that's ultimately what it was. It was a human person. Bad yeah. stuff happened. Murder happened because of bad stuff happening. And then ghost. Yeah. So, no. like... They were a person at one point, and that would have been cool to see. That's what I was expecting to happen, and yeah. it never did. No. But well, I am... kind of did, but it wasn't satisfying. Right. No. Every every Latinx person in this film was a tool. They were some implement for mm. this protagonist to, to just defeat her for whatever reason. Yeah. And it was, it was sad, because you had an opportunity. Like, you could give any of these... Like, characters, bigger backstory or motive or reason to be... Like, I do not believe that that Latinx woman would have wanted her, like, would want another woman to suffer. Like, why was she so vindictive of someone who had always taken care of her? Because this was her social worker who had always been looking out for her. I didn't believe it. it I don't believe that narrative. Yeah, they and tried I to, like, make it. And I don't appreciate yeah, that like because she took the kids away, that's and like she yeah. blamed her. But yeah, I agree. It yeah, but it's like the implication is just like that. What we just we are evil, right? Because they're like even like the 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 guy who was like into witchcraft, like he wasn't a hero really. Like he was, there was parts of him, but he was just like honestly just there to help her. She mm-hmm. did it. Like the fact that she got so at the end, um there's like this scene where the daughter's gonna get drowned in the pool and she like the mom jumps in and fights La Llorona and gets her necklace and when I saw that it was just like so what are you saying that this woman loves her kids more than any other 400 years of mothers (laughs) did not love their kids enough to fight back this like you're gonna tell me a Latinx woman did not fight back a La Llorona like you're gonna cast us as being sassy and having like switchblades in our shoes but you we don't fight La Llorona I don't think so (laughs) yeah it's a white savior trope I mean yes yeah it really I really sucks and like what did she stabbed La Llorona with a cross at the end, I guess to be fair, the MacGuffin was that the cross was from the ashes of the yeah. tree or whatever in Mexico. We found the one man in whatever Colorado. In, or La- place in they was were. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. <laughs> 
<laughs> he had the cross. He had they they just got real lucky that she happened to be in the same place. I mean, it's very clear that this isn't canon because that was in the eighties and Legend is still around. So yeah, <laughs> it's just still there. yeah. Well, you know, it just took this one lady who loves her kids way more than any person of color, uh, and killed her, and that's it. It's all done. You know, ages and ages, centuries of of being afraid of this woman who's been so scorned, so scorned is now done. We did it. Thanks. It's really yeah. easy. Yeah. It's too easy. <laughs> yeah. I but I think what we are missing is that there are some decent things about this film. Yeah. No. The cinematography. It was, it was good was decent. in that way. Yeah. yeah great shots. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of long shots. Um, is good pacing. There was really good, just traditional, like, jump scares and spooks. Children were yeeted. Children were yeeted. She just yeeted them right out the house. Yeah, that's Um, cool. Suspense was done really well uh, in areas. And I think that was what the movie was, right? They, 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 I mean... Think of it, right? The the whoever came went into Hollywood and was like, "Listen, La Llorona, mm-hmm. you put that out, people are gonna come." Yeah, because it's it's such like a classic. That's like that's honestly just like putting out a movie and calling it the Boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Just do it, and people will be like, "All right, well, what is it?" Like, I mean, and what is it? They I mean, did, it's it's a little better bad. than that because it's not in this country, right? But yeah, yeah, there are ways to to take traditional folklore and and do it, and I just feel like it's a little you're cheating. You're cheating by by making all of the actual line characters be villains or just less than the protagonist. Um, but it was it was a decent scare. Yeah, like it was, it was fun. a fun movie to fun. watch visually. We also I just wanted to touch on uh, Sergio did not watch this with us, but, but we did. Uh, we watched Culture Shock, which is also from 2019. It's part of Hulu's Into the Dark series. Like every month or every holiday, there's a new film. So this thriller follows a young Mexican woman in pursuit of the American dream who crosses illegally into the United States, only to find herself in an American nightmare. It is directed by Gigi Salguero. I'm so sorry. I'm very bad at Spanish. Guerrero. Did, did you like it? Because uh, I, I, saw, I saw a lot of trailers for it. And, you know, the trailers seemed very, I don't know, like Fallout-esque. You know what I mean? Where it was like you, you, you yeah. got like this like happy American look, but it's a little off. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, like, I feel like the like dialogue wasn't housewives. selling me. Was it, it good? Was it the, the Stepford Wives kind right. of Right. Mm-hmm. It was cool because it started entirely in Spanish. Uh, so that part was fun. Because I was like, oh, nice. It's not just English the whole time. Good. Yeah. And then it was like the first 45 minutes, I think, were in Spanish. And then it... Oh, wow. How long was the movie? Like an hour and a half. Maybe I'm exaggerating. It was like an hour and 50. It It wasn't 45, but it was like an hour and some some change. But it was a good... Yeah, it was a good chunk. And because the beginning is her in Mexico. And it's her essentially kind of... She had tried to cross before, um, had been raped... And so she's now pregnant and then wants to go again. Wow. Yeah. So I did not get that from the trailer. Yeah. Because they don't talk, they, they never show her Mexican like adventures. In tra- right? right. That's true. Yeah. Which is like what I thought was the best part of I, the film. I, yeah. What Like yeah, I wanted to just watch very that. strong. It was intense. It was real. It was stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was until, the first half was good. Yeah. Until we got to like Black Mirror territory, it was a good like suspense thriller and i Mm. feel like it could have gone a different way um and then as soon as we got to the stepford wives kind of world um it turned and was just like unbelievable like it wasn't really like i didn't feel intense like i was just like what's happening i'm confused and she wasn't reacting normally the world wasn't reacting like nothing felt real and like i guess that's the point but it was still like it didn't feel off like creepy it just fell off like bad well the thing i got out of it is it seems like it was trying to show the stress of like being whitewashed or like losing your heritage when you mm-hmm. come to america at least that's like kind of what i think it was trying to say but i don't i don't know for sure yeah that's the risk that you run when you try to do something stylized like that right like a commentary by through a visual medium by putting everyone in a situation like it's like a some sort of zombie town you know what i mean um, I, I was interested in that concept though. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, but I don't know. I, I felt like the way that it was written, so it wasn't cliche when it got there. No, it was cliche. It oh, was okay. very blatant. Like 
We are living the American dream. Right. Welcome to our white picket fence. Like, it was right. very like that. Okay. It was like, we, yeah. eat pop, we eat pie and Everyone fireworks. spoke English suddenly when they very had, well. like, they didn't have any accent. Oh, Her, her name was Marisol. And yeah, it her was name was Marisol. Marisol yeah. Was like, her name was Marisol. And uh, the, the mayor would be like, hey, Marisol. And he died every time. He was like, hey, Marisol. And I was like, ow. Was it a good message, though? Like, did you... Did it... I think I, I think what she was trying to do was really good. And there was parts of it that really, really resonated. So, like, again, the whole part, um, there's this really great scene um, in the beginning where there's a bunch of women who are going to essentially try to cross the border. And her mom is, like, this, like, she's, like, taking care of the kids. And so she goes around. And she's like, everyone raise your hand if you are um, not pregnant. And there's, like, maybe seven women who are there and two of them raise their hand. Because because of the conditions of this world. That's why they want to leave. Huh. Right. And then she tells the two girls who aren't pregnant that they need to take a contraceptive so that they, if they go and something happens, they do not get pregnant. And one of the girls is refusing because she's Catholic. So it's like this like that was awesome. Right. To see that and to see this very real issue. I would have liked to see more of like why she was leaving because it felt like like they were kind of softening it. Yeah, the mm -hmm. horrors were more of the journey, not of what they were leaving. Yeah. Like, that it was I, dangerous to get there. Yeah. Which I think is good. Yeah, I think, yeah. but I think it would have been beneficial right. for an American audience right. to hear why they want to leave. Because that's a big argument, right? It's like, why would you even do all that, right? And we didn't really get that. I didn't really get why she was doing all that. And in the end, she spoilers she goes back so it's like what are you even doing wow. um but there's like the scene where they're like escaping whatever's happening um and there's like an announcement <laughs> it's, it's just like uh alert alert like blah, blah, blah. and it's just like secure all exits or something and uh the one of the male protagonists turns to to the protagonist and is just like what did they say but in spanish so there's like the subtitles and she goes i don't know and like, she's like, I don't freaking know. And they're like running through because they don't know English. It was just because yeah. of that simulation. So that I thought was really cute. I enjoyed that. Interesting. Um, they humanized a really a traditionally demonized character because he was like a gangster. Right. But he was humanized by the end of it and was a hero in his own. Right. That's cool. Um, they showed one of the real terrors, honestly, was um, the cartel. Like we mm -hmm. see them for even just a moment, but they were ruthless. They were scary. They're mm -hmm. the ones who had like the bloody count right like um so it was really like give you a little like flash of why it's scary yeah like why you want to leave yeah and what was really great about that scene is that they're huddled and their coyote is like everyone be quiet if they hear us we have to run and so then she turns and she's like if who hears us and so you think because they're traveling that it's probably the american guards because they're close to the wall whatever and then he goes the cartel and then it's like then we see that. So it was like, whoa, what a spin. And I would have kind of, I, I don't know. I think that once it got into uh, Pleasantville, it got weird. Um, and I just didn't feel like stressed. I was just like, what's happening? I just felt It was foggy. confusing. Yeah. 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 And I was like, when are we going to get to the scary? Like, even when people were acting weird, even when like, they all stopped eerie, and like, looked, but, like yeah. but it felt like you were just doing textbook things. It didn't feel revolutionary. But every other part when they were actually being like Mexican was awesome and i was like i want just that just cut out that middle part i don't care get out get that and then bring yeah. me back the actual thing um but definitely go and watch it it's interesting i think it should get more views because i think people should see it and it does tell a great story yeah like i don't think it was bad it was it had its moments where i guess like it could have been better but mm -hmm. it was interesting it was definitely a really interesting film yeah yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, and then everyone just, this is just a PSA from Gabe to go out and watch scary stories to tell in the dark. Um, Cause it features a, a Mexican protagonist boy and he, he deals with racial profiling. It's taking place like late sixties, early seventies um, right before Nixon becomes president. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, there's a lot of racism because Guillermo's not just going to like let a story be a story. He's gonna he's gonna put a political backdrop on it, um, and he his choice to put that boy in it was amazing because it didn't he didn't have to. If someone else did it, it wouldn't have happened. It wasn't like imperative, but it was awesome that it was there. And he was like a normal boy, like it yeah, wasn't he was like, just there. that's awesome. He didn't like yeah. he, he didn't have a crazy accent. Right. He was yeah. smart. He was he was he helped and was like you saw he was just like a person just being mm -hmm. there and people were being so awful to him yeah there is like a thing where they like uh they um profile him and say that he has a uh 
uh, a switchblade. They're like, what's a switchblade? And he's like, I don't. He like doesn't answer them. And then later he does have a switchblade and he like breaks into this place. Oh. So it was like, but it felt kind of cute instead yeah. of just being like a stereotype. Exactly. Like it was kind of like, uh-huh, audience, right, like right. get in this joke with us. Like it was yeah. cute as opposed to being like, like, oh, that. really? Really? Of course. Like as if they hadn't said that and he just pulled it out later, right, right, right. I would have been like, why does he have a switchblade? Exactly. Like I would have been yeah. mad. <laughs> so it was but because great. they said it yeah. out the right way. Yeah. Um, like the... The cops are being rude. The people are calling them racial slurs. Like, it was in there, and it was... In a kid's movie, which is, I mean, I guess good for knowledge of things that happen in the world. Gives yeah. them a nice reality flash. Yeah, sometimes life is awful. So, s- sign up for it. So, so I guess for me anyway, for well, this movie. Well, first explain what it is to people. What, 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 so what it is? What is? So if you like it, it's. So, so if we liked it, La Llora nos llevó. Because mm-hmm. she, she took us, she grabbed us, she drowned us. Yeah. That's if we liked we it. We liked it. That's good. That's, that's, that's a positive. Order. If we didn't like it, we no nos llevó. We lived. No nos yeah. llevó. We, we got we out of way. <laughs> nice. No one asked to be alive. So I back I, this uh, <laughs> Yeah. This has. seems pretty solid to what our literature usually is here. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah so uh, for the topic of Latinx representation in horror, I would say what it is currently what is your feelings? Okay. As far as representation is concerned, no me llevo. No me llevo. Uh, I, I, I definitely feel like Linda Cardinelli came out of with a cross and <laughs> it just felt super white savory. Yeah. I didn't like how the, the, uh, the direction of the shaman came in. They gave him weird lines. They made him like this bizarre, campy, like we didn't know what he wanted to be. He didn't know what he wanted to be. Not the antagonist, not the hero. The kids uh, at the beginning were, I don't know. It, it just, it just felt weird. And the, and the, and the kids' moms, the Latin, the Latinx mom, like completely unfounded her, her anger, her vitriol, her, her behavior. No medieval. No medieval. Same. I think we could do better. I think we're, we're trying to do something, right? Like with, and, and with giving more opportunities to directors of color and Latinx background, we are giving the opportunity to tell those stories. And I think we won't really have, like, succeeded until we have, like, a Latinx family or Latinx protagonist, and that's not the like dialogue. Like, the focus of yeah. them. Like, they're just there. Like, we don't, like, if we, I would like us for to not have to make horror films about immigration and how horrific it is to travel here right. and to get in the possibility of being ripped from here. I don't want those stories because i that's horror already. That is horror that's that people are happening. living all the time. Mm-hmm. So instead, if we could just tell a classic, just like any ghost story, like could we just have a haunted house that has a Latin family in it and they just are doing what you're supposed to do in a horror movie? Let's write it. Let's star in it. Let's direct. Let's do it. Give us, give us money. I volunteer to die. Yes, let's have that. <laughs> let's make a bi- like. Let's make a big bad. You like, already did in Saw. Saw Nine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. You didn't die. You're still there. She got out. Yeah. Really? Well, I'm just the, the whale, whale was doing. Oh, the whale did. The whale did that. <laughs> The yeah. whale is the true villain. Yeah. If you guys watch our film Saw 9, if you didn't know that we had a film called Saw 9, you should uh, go to our YouTube. The wonderful narrator of that is Sergio. Yeah, it's so, my voice. So yeah. if you like this voice, listen to it. And you can also listen to our voices. It's literally like a minute and a half. So it's just fun. watch. It's it. real weird, but it's fun. It's super fun. Yeah. Kat, how do you feel about Latinx? I think not enough has been done, as you guys have said. Hopefully... We get a Latinx get out and then a Latinx us, but mm-hmm. their own, you know, unique version where we have one that's like defining of what's happening. And then just it's normal to have a full Latinx cast and that people will still go see that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're only going to get that if we give those opportunities to Latinx directors and producers. We sh- we can tell some really good stories if you let us. Even just Latinx American, right? Um, we have a very specific story to tell as well yeah, yeah if you guys make a movie i volunteer yeah i'll 
I'll be fodder for it. <laughs> yeah. It's my you turn. You can be the sassy friend. Yeah. I'll ask if you're okay. <laughs> yeah. Are you okay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can be over-sexualized. <laughs> oh, that'd be an awkward movie. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, Sergio. This is great having you on. Um, I hope our listeners are really enjoying it and enjoying this series. If you have any questions for Sergio, be sure to email us at thegoolsnextdoor at gmail.com. But if people want to see what you're doing and hear about live update or anything, where can they find you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter uh, at Live Sound Group, L-I-V-S-O-U-N-D-G-R-O-U-P. Nice. At Live Sound Group. Um, and you can also listen to us on WPM. Yeah. Awesome. And we will share some more details. You'll and you can contact us if you want more information on Sergio. Um, but this is our episode on Latinx representation. We're gonna be diving into queer horror next week. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that. It's gonna be a real fun ride. And I have a feeling it's not gonna be this isn't gonna be the last of it. Like I'm sure we're gonna have way more to say. I, I know I will. Yeah. Because I'm never things. done. <laughs> not done until we out there <laughs> you know like until i'm on screen we're not done well yeah until we start to see solutions that shouldn't stop being talked about yeah amen snaps snaps, snaps for cat. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh so don't get married delete your kids yeah or drown, or drown them, them. <laughs>